0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Yiska Smith on Parashat Kitavo. If you're interested in downloading other digital content, you can now find our podcast on Spotify or by visiting us at elmad.pardes.org. Cultivating the Spiritual Practice of Walking in His Ways, V'halachta B'drachav. Based on a teaching from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, zechet Tzadik Livracha, May the Memory of a Righteous Person Be for a Blessing. In Lukutesi Chot Volume 4, 5721, 1961. Based on a translation by Eliyahu Tauger. Baruchot haba'ot, Baruchim haba'im. Welcome, everyone. Shalom to all of you. Parshat Kitavo contains the mitzvah found in Devarim 28:9, Chavchet Tet, and you shall walk in his ways. Vahalachta bidurachav. The Rambam counts this as one of the 613 mitzvot in his Sefer HaMitzvot, positive mitzvah 8, and explains that it charges us to resemble him according to our capacity. And the Rebbe continues, And to follow his ways. And then he quotes, as our sages explain and state in the Midrash Sifrei, commenting on a similar verse in Parshat Ekev, in Devarim 11.22, Yid Aleph Bet, for if you will observe the entire commandment that I command you to perform it, to love Hashem, your God, to walk in all His ways, L'lechet b'chal and to cleave to him. On that verse in Parshat, Ekev, the Sifrei comments, Just as the Holy One, blessed be he, is gracious, chanun, so too you should be gracious, chanun. Just as the Holy One, blessed be he, is called merciful, so too you should be merciful, rachum. Just as the Holy One, blessed be he, is pious, chasid, so too you should be pious, chasid. We also read earlier in Parshat Re'eh, in Devarim, Deuteronomy, Yud Gimel, He, thirteen five, when Moshe exhorts us to, rem- to, to follow, after the Lord your God you shall walk. And earlier, we read in Parshat Kitavo, in Devarim 26.17, you have distinguished Hashem today to be God for you, to walk in His ways. So we see here there's a, a lot of walking. Uh, walking after God, walking with God, walking in God's ways. The Rebbe continues, when outlining the general principles that govern his reckoning of the 613 mitzvot, the Rambam states in his basic principles of in Sefer HaMitzvot, Principle 4, that he does not include commandments of a general nature, such as, Etchukotai Tishmuru, you shall keep my statutes, in Vayikra 1919, or Kedoshin Tehiyu, be holy, also in Vayikra 19.2, because they do not involve a specific activity, but instead refer to general patterns of conduct with all the mitzvot. Seemingly, the mitzvah of emulating God's ways also seems to be general in nature. Although it contains Several particulars, to be gracious, chanun, to be merciful, rachun, to be pious, chasid. These particulars are seemingly included in the performance of the mitzvah in being kind, which is part of another mitzvah, v'ahavtal loving one's fellow as yourself. Were one to interpret the charge, to emulate his ways according to our capacity, as a more general command, it would encompass all the mitzvot, for they are all God's ways. Thus, the mitzvah to emulate God's ways really does not appear, according to how the Rebbe understands this, this really does not appear to be a particular command. Why, then, he asks, does the Rambam include this in his reckoning of the mitzvot? we are forced to conclude that indeed there is a particular dimension to this mitzvah which does not exist Hevra, in other mitzvot. And this causes the Rambam to include this mitzvah v'halachta as one of the 613. The unique dimension of the mitzvah, v'halakhtah is contained in the word walk, halicha, which indicates movement, progression. A person may observe the Torah and its mitzvot without making any progress, without moving, without walking. The person is merely standing in one place. His spiritual status is no different than it was before he observed the mitzvot. This mitzvah teaches that a person should observe the mitzvot in a manner that moves the person forward. The spur for this spiritual progress is the fact that the mitzvot are God's ways. And so by walking in them, one emulates God this invests the mitzvot with the pen, with the potential to lift a person to a higher or to a deeper level of divine service <inaudible> mitzvot always provide the capacity to elevate to refine a person aliyah <inaudible> Whenever a person observes a mitzvah, even when the person does not observe them in a manner that leads the person to spiritual progress, it's still really happening. Indeed, even when a person observes mitzvot without the proper intent, even without the proper kavanah, his or her spiritual state inwardly does change. But these changes are not revealed. When a person observes the mitzvah of walking in God's ways, then the person's divine service brings overt spiritual progress. Now, the Rebbe continues and brings up an amazing paradox. The potential for progress which souls are granted through their descent to the physical plane is unlimited, built in Mugbal, because the soul is unlimited. Now, this concept also applies to the command to walk in God's ways. Our observance of the mitzvot must enable not only a measured spiritual progress, which is muqbal, but somehow also it must provide the capacity to advance in an unlimited way, in an infinite way, However, the Rebbe brings up that this is a paradox. He brings up two questions. Every created being is by nature limited. Mugbao. How can a person's limited divine service bring about unlimited progress? And once a person experiences an unlimited level, how can the person return to his or her limited divine service? Seemingly, this should take a person above the mortal plane entirely. In other words, the ultimate transcendental experience. So, of course, that's not the goal. The definition of this commandment as walking in his ways resolves both these questions in this apparent paradox. For God represents ultimate transcendence. In Hebrew, nimna ha The ultimate impossible. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. Even from the human limited point of mind, point of uh, our perspective, it seems impossible, but yet God is the impossible of the impossible. So, therefore, God can fuse, so to speak, together opposites, joining limitation and infinity. Therefore, while a mortal, a mere mortal, rather, can encounter an unlimited potential for progress. Yet that unlimited progress will not prevent the person from remaining, from continuing in one's own mortal existence. It's really, if I, if I may suggest, it's actually remarkable. Our service, our practice, our observance is limited We have all the halachot that inform us, that teach us, that help us understand how to observe a mitzvah in the most limited capacity. Yet, yet, we're able to advance, we're able to progress, we're able to grow in the most of infinite ways. It's never limited. And yet, our very reality keeps us on the planet Earth in a limited way. So the avodah, our service is limited. Our very reality that we live in is limited. Yet, the potential to grow, the potential to walk, the potential to emulate God's ways is infinite. God desires that all of a person's spiritual peaks in this infinite advancement come as a result of our own efforts. Giving a person influence from above that is not dependent on our own work is not really an expression of good. Actually, on the contrary, a person will regard it as the bread of shame. It's a reference in Tanah D'Bei Eliyahu Rabbah, chapter 20. It's a phrase in Aramaic, Nehema na- D'Kisufah. Lechem Shel Bushah, the bread of shame. What this means is, chavra, that we call spiritual practice avoda Ruchanit. It's work. And when we receive something that's not earned, it really doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't fulfill us. Rather than satisfy our need to accomplish it causes us distress. It causes us discomfort. We were created to work. So if God were just to do all the work for us, in Aramaic, this would be the bread of shame. Lechem It thus follows that the peaks which a person can reach by walking in God's ways must also be attainable through our limited divine service, our avodah uchanit Yet the explanation given above that our limited divine service can enable us to reach unlimited peaks does appear. It appears to depend on God's beneficence. Our spiritual progress does not follow this exact Two stage pattern. The Rebbe teaches us it is not that a person proceeds to the limit of one's mortal powers and then God lifts the person up to unlimited plateaus. No, it's not that way. It's not so linear. Instead, the intent is that because God can fuse opposites, because God is the impossible of the impossible, God makes it possible for the unlimited, for the limited divine service of a mortal to reach unlimited heights. Nevertheless, since the unlimited progress which a person thus attains does not come about as a result completely of our own labor, this appears to one run contrary to God's intent that all of man's spiritual achievements be attained through one's own effort. This forces us to redefine the concept stated above, to look at the apparent contradiction in a different way so that it becomes clear that the infinite progress achieved by a human being in fact does come as a result of our own initiative. It's our own avutavuchanit, our own spiritual practice. So how does the Rebbe resolve this? To explain, and this is the beauty of the mitzvot, The mitzvot become God's ways, invested with God's unlimited power when their observance is motivated by the essence of the soul, which is an actual part of God. This is a fundamental principle. It's based on the very verse in Job, in EO 31.2, and the Balatanya adds in Tanya, In the very beginning of Tanya, Mamash, in chapter 2, really, for real, that our soul is a very part of God. A Jew's divine service draws Mamshich, the essence of the soul, into the particular mitzvah. So think about what's going on here, what the Rebbe is setting up. This paradigm of the mitzvah, how I observe it, is limited but how I go about it is unlimited because it comes or it may come from my soul which is unlimited this is the intent of the words of the Midrash quoted earlier in Sefer. so too you should be gracious so too you should be merciful so too you should be pious you, who's the you here? It refers to the essence, the very etsam of the soul, which is infinite, infinite potential that we can actualize in a finite, mizgeret framework of living, which is expressed in our in actual, our emunapushita, in our simple faith, which can transcend intellectual understanding. What the rabbi is saying here is in a way this is impossible to really grasp because it's a it's a cerebral, it's an intellectual impossibility. And yet it's a possibility. Don't he just love? Don't he just love when our rabbis honor paradox? It's like that's where real spiritual living is. When a person's divine service is motivated by these qualities, it causes God's essence to be drawn down and be manifested as graciousness, as mercy, as piety. Chanun, Rachum, Chasid. Thus it is person's own, but it's our efforts that bring about this potential for unlimited progress. So, as mentioned above, with regard to our walking in God's ways, there are two expressions of God's unbounded potential. The limited service of the mortal will elevate the person to unlimited peaks. While the avodah is mugbelet, it can raise us. Despite being elevated to these peaks, we will retain our mortal frame of reference. While the Aliyah is bligavul, we will Yisha'er Nisha'er the person Adam Yisha'er be mitziut So, as mentioned above, all of the Jew's attainments must come above must come about because of our own divine service. It begins with our own efforts, our own will, our own desire to jump into the pool of infinite potential. It, also, it is also the person's efforts that enable us to remain within our limited framework of reference, despite being elevated to these peaks. This, by the way, is the, uh, what, I, what I consider to be the magnificence of halakha. Halakha, which we define as Jewish law, is not Jewish law. I mean, it is. It's considered to be, like the Shulchan Aruch, is the body of Jewish law. But the word halakha is the body of Jewish literature. <clears throat> that teaches us how to walk. There's a, there's a progression, there's movement, this fluidity to this book or books as so men, so much of it is always being revisited, is always being renewed, is always being recovered and discovered once again, depending where the Jewish people have lived, the different times, the different places. So even within our limited service, as defined in halacha, there's fluidity, there's a way of moving. In truth, life energy of a Jew stems from our godly soul. It is just that this energy passes through our other soul, the animal soul, we have this whole consciousness. We have two consciousnesses, if I can use that plural, consciousnesses. We have the godly soul and then we have the animal soul. We have this energy in us that gives rise to our bodies and all the drives to fulfill in order to survive, in order to live, to eat, to drink, to hydrate, to procreate, to eliminate waste, to keep, to keep comfortable, to keep healthy. So all of the energy, all of our spiritual energy, passes through the animal soul in order to give life to the body. For this reason, all the elements of a person's life are significant. How we eat, how we procreate, how we engage in business. Because through these activities, the person introduces godly energy into each and every act. Although the body is a limited physical entity, While the soul is an actual part of God, which is unlimited, the two, Hevrei, the two can ultimately work in harmony. Not only will the body not be negated by the soul, but the soul will endow it with life. It's exquisite. It's like a dance together. Instead of pulling at each other, they come together. Nevertheless, this godly energy, though, remains hidden. And it is the responsibility of each person to realize and to reveal this potential through our limited divine service, which allows us to reveal the piece of us that's unlimited. And the person needs to come to the awareness that every one of a person's limbs, parts of one's body, derives its life energy from the godly soul. This will lead us, the Rebbe continues, to a heightened spiritual consciousness. We see that the body responds immediately to the will of the soul. As soon as a person decides to do something, the body performs it. Similarly, when a Jew removes the veils that conceal the person's soul and appreciates the true source of one's life energy, the person will spontaneously respond to the soul's desires. That's how powerful will is. When we will it, we can actually make it happen. To refer to a passage from the Jerusalem Talmud as a proof text, in Berchot two 2.6, when one reaches the prayer modim, one bows. Why do we bow? It's a reflex of showing our gratitude. It just comes, it flows organically when we're reciting those words. If we're in it, we just bow with gratitude. When a Jew, through our own Avodah Ruchanit, our own spiritual practice, reveals the connection between body and soul and realizes that our body derives its life energy from the godly soul. The person draws down God's essence in the most revealed way through the observance of the mitzvot, which is walking in his ways. The person can ascend to the highest peaks, unimaginable from a lower place. We can't imagine how high, how deep we can really venture towards until we're there. Has that ever happened to you? Until you're actually in the middle of it. You think to yourself, I never thought I could do this, I never thought I could be here, I never thought one mitzvah could bring such a sense of an encountering of the divine. And we experience these spiritual heights while living in a material body. It's just a remarkable, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we can transcend our own selves and yet remain in our own selves. So I'd like to conclude uh, by mentioning also there's a teaching uh, of this mitzvah in the Sefer HaChinuch. Now the Sefer HaChinuch was composed in in 13th century Spain. It's published anonymously. We really are not sure of who authored it. And it is different than the Rambam's Sefer HaMitzvot in that it enumerates and discusses the 613 mitzvot according to their appearance in the weekly Parshat Shavua, in the weekly Torah portion. And the book is structured accordingly. So the earlier mitzvot would be earlier in the Chumash. The later mitzvot would be later in the Chumash. So the mitzvah halachta bedor is actually listed as mitzvah 611. So you know we're nearing the end of the yearly cycle of reading the Chumash in the Parshiot Shivua. So the Sefer HaChinuch teaches us as follows, quote, "We were commanded to perform all of our actions in a way of honesty." And goodness with all of our power and to channel all our matters that are between us and others other human beings in a way of kindness and compassion it's uh, you can sense the the uh, connection the alignment with the Rambam's Sefer HaMitzvot where he's quoting the sefrei about emulating God's ways. In a way of kindness, in a way of compassion, as we know from our Torah that this is the way of the Lord, and this is Hashem's desire for his human beings in order that they should merit to attain the good reward, the reward of closeness, because, and the Sefer uh, HaChinuch quotes the Pasuk in Micha, 718, Ki chafetz hu, God delights in kindness. And therefore, the Sefer HaChinuch concludes, this is the mitzvah, halachta bedorchav. So in conclusion, I offer, I suggest, Two questions to ponder. One, what part, what aspect, what expression of being God like, of emulating God, of how you walk in God's ways, do you emulate? You specifically, the listener here. What part, what aspect, what expression? Of being godlike, do you emulate? Do you identify yourself with? And what resonates? What of all of God's ways, what resonates with you? And the second question can you, do you see this in others? When, when not? So, in closing, I bless all of us that as we move, as we walk, yes, as we emulate Lidamot, as we fulfill this mitzvah, may we sense as limited finite beings, limited on a finite planet, in limited time and place, may we encounter the infinite capacity to emulate, to walk in God's ways. Toda, Thank you. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. Be sure to visit us on Spotify, where you can subscribe to any of our other podcast channels. Or visit us at almod.pardes.org. Thanks for listening.